0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to the Employment Law Show. We are
1: ready to go. We hope you are too. And the number to get a hold of Lior and the crew anytime, 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com. Or in this case, help at employmentlawyer.ca. you want to try that as well. We'll get to the pocket employment lawyer. This is something uh, new and excellent. We'll give you all the details on that, and we'll get to workplace harassment and how to handle it. And a really cool topic for today, and that is ridiculous for cause terminations. That is all the way, on the way, and we'll try to get to some of your emails as well. But first, we kick it off with the, uh, the week that was, pal. How was it?
2: It's uh, <laughs> pretty much the same as always in the sense that it's busy. Uh, it really, really is uh, uh, busy. We, we kind of have to shore up our, our our manpower so to speak by having more people help us uh talk to those that call us uh answer questions and and you know we've given people so many opportunities and so many ways to contact us right. uh you know by phone by email through terminationquestions.com severancepaycalculator.com pocketemploymentlawyer.ca so many different ways that people take advantage of that which is amazing which is so good they call and they email with questions, so I encourage you to do the same. We're gonna we're gonna give you so many ways and opportunities to have your questions answered, to have your workplace problems solved. That is exactly what this is about, and and on this show we talk about how to solve workplace problems. So really, there's no excuse to 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 suffer and and to think and assume that there's nothing that you can do about it. There's always something you could do about it, and it starts with reaching out. But specifically, week, there was a couple of situations that came across my desk just uh, very, very recently. Uh, first one, this actually made me uh, made me laugh in a big way. Uh, I spoke with a, a lady that called my office, and here's her story. She was let go of restructuring. She had been with this company for about 10 or 12 years. I think it was 12 years, actually. And when she was let go, she was given eight weeks' pay, right. and she knew to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Good. And it showed her that she was owed about a year's pay. So what did she do? She uh, grabbed her smartphone, phone in hand. She went to her employer and showed, look look at this uh, result that I got here on severancepaycalculator.com. It shows that I'm owed severance of 12 months, not eight weeks. The employer looked at it, uh, shook its head, and said, no, 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 you don't understand. Uh, we're a small employer. We don't have a payroll of $2.5 million because of that we don't have to pay you any severance. Nice. And utterly and completely confused, she called me and she asked a very legitimate question. On the one hand, I have the severance pay calculator of yours, Lior, that says I'm owed 12 months pay. On the other hand, I have my employer saying that because they have a small payroll, they don't have to pay me anything uh, or certainly not more than the eight weeks pay. What do I do? What's right? So. John, this is this made me laugh, and our regular listeners hopefully by now know the answer, but we, we always yeah. have new listeners. They may be confused by this issue, so let's clarify it. The size of the company's payroll, the size of the company, for that matter, has nothing to do with your full termination entitlements. Nothing, okay? You're owed your severance based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. That's it. So whether you work for a big company or a small company, it does not matter. Now your minimum entitlements may depend on whether you work for a small company or a big company but who cares those are irrelevant your full entitlements what really matters the actual amount you have to get paid is not relevant to the size of the company so because of that yes severancepaycalculator.com did correctly assess her entitlements now I'm bringing this up because even employers even employers are sometimes confused by this issues even employers get this wrong Not uh, all employers are bad Far, far from it And then she thought And and this employer actually thought That they were doing the right thing They were giving her the right information They were wrong So you cannot assume that your employer gets it right You cannot rely on what your employer says It is up to you, the individual To get that information Go to severancepaycalculator.com Call me, but do something Don't count on anything else
1: it's so always a good way to go is to double check and start with the severance pay calculator one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Pal, what uh, what else you got in the uh, the docket today?
2: Well, here's the thing, John. I I, I get all kinds of questions. Oftentimes, uh, they they have something to do with disability. Uh, people often contact me when uh, they uh, they they have a problem going on leave, coming back from leave, and this is a good example of that. I spoke with a gentleman who had been on a, on a disability for close to a year, and after a year, and you know, going through some physiotherapy and then treatments, he was good enough to come back. He was cleared by his doctor, by a specialist, and asked his employer to come back. His employer took some time to get back to him, but eventually said, fine, no problem, but we don't have full-time hours for you anymore. We only have some part-time hours, but come back. Hopefully, very soon, we'll be able to give you more hours back to full-time. So he said, fine. Right. He went back on uh, kind of part-time hours, less than half of what he was doing before. And he kept following up with his employer, okay, when am I going to get more hours? I need this money to live, right? And uh, after a few weeks, uh, he got frustrated. Nothing had changed, and he contacted me, and he said, what do I do here? Do I have to continue working part-time? Should I quit and look for another job? What what, what happens here? So here's the thing. I understand it from the employer's perspective, things have changed in the year, in the year Mm -hmm. that he was off. Uh, They may not have the same job for him. I get that completely. But it still does not give them the right to reduce his hours. By reducing his hours, it's a human no, so it's not a human rights violation, it's a constructive dismissal. Even though they have a reason. It's not their fault, obviously, that the employee was off on a disability leave and things have changed. But it's still illegal. So he now can treat his employment as being terminated. He's been there for eighteen years. He's gonna have significant entitlements. So it's a reminder that if your job changes, when you come back from a medical leave even if it's for legitimate reasons, it can still lead to a constructive dismissal. You still don't have to accept it. And in that situation, you can always call me, and I'll help you get what you're owed. Was there a
1: point there? Could he have, could he have gone back to doing what they told him for a certain amount of time, and it would have been too late as if he accepted it, or did he get it in the nick of time?
2: Yo, the, the nice thing about this person, is that he wasn't just working part-time and silent about it and, and went right. about his merry business. No, uh, he actually followed up with them. He kept asking, when am I getting full-time? When am I getting full-time? Nice. So it was clear that he did not accept it. It was clear that he was only doing this as a, as a stepping stone to get his full-time hours. If he had simply gone back to work, not said anything, sat on it for a number of weeks, and then said, hey, where's my full-time hours, he may have been too late. He may have been deemed to have accepted the part-time hours, and then he would be stuck. So uh, very good advice. If your terms of employment change, hours of work, uh, pay, shifts, location, you can't just accept it. You can't just continue working and then change your mind because by then, it'll be too late to do anything about it.
1: The number is It is help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out. We'll try to get to some emails a little later on in the show, but uh, after the break, we're going to come right back with workplace harassment and how to handle it. This is topical stuff. Stick around. We'll get to it on the Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, welcome back to you. You want to uh, reach out and get a hold of Lior and the crew. It's 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Workplace harassment and how to handle it. This, again, for the last, well, for always, but for the last uh, four or five years, this has been very topical, hasn't
2: it? It really has. You know, I've been practicing law for, gosh, going on 17 years now. Holy cow. Uh, a long time. <laughs> and when I started practicing, probably for the first 10 or so years of my practice, workplace harassment was not something that came up that often. Uh, People, and and that's not because people weren't dealing with workplace harassment, people just weren't talking about people weren't uh, understanding that there's something that can be done about it. It's over the past five, six, seven years, for the most part, that this issue has come up, uh, come to the forefront. uh, that kind of a spotlight has been put on it. And people start to understand that, wait a second. Workplace harassment is not acceptable. Workplace harassment is a real thing, and there's something that can be done about it. So it is a big deal. I deal, I see this, and I deal with it every day, and we want to spend the next couple of segments talking about that, what it means, what to do about it.
1: So from a legal standpoint, what is considered workplace harassment, and uh, what are some examples for that matter?
2: So workplace harassment is a very broad term, and it really means uh, any type of behavior in the workplace that's unwelcome. So anytime someone is dealing with unwelcome behavior, behavior that objectively can be seen and considered to be unwelcome, then that would be considered workplace harassment. And there are many, many forms and many, many different types of workplace harassment. It could be anything from uh, being ignored uh, in the workplace and ostracize in the workplace. So this is not something that, you know, someone is actually doing something directly to you. It's, it's just kind of excluding you and then ostracizing and not involving you and making you the odd person out. That is a form of workplace harassment. I've seen this many times, Uh, other situations where you're, you're actually treated poorly when someone is, is, is either, you know, mean or disrespectful, uh, talks to you in a language that's, that's unacceptable. Though that is absolutely a form of workplace harassment, maybe the most common form of workplace harassment uh, and and something that employees may have to deal with all the time. There could be more extreme forms of workplace harassment when it's, uh, you know, maybe of a sexual nature, when someone has to deal with sexual advances and sexual comments. And, and perhaps uh, sexual touches in the workplace that are completely una- inappropriate and unwelcome. So workplace harassment takes many forms. And by the way, when we talk about workplace harassment, it's not not just a situation where someone in position of power is harassing. Workplace harassment can happen when it's someone else, someone in, on the same level as you uh, is, is harassing you or mistreating you. You know, a coworker uh, that's all that's just treating you poorly, making your life miserable, and all those things can lead to what we call a poisoned work environment. It makes it difficult to come into work, difficult to continue working, difficult to do your job. And that is unacceptable and that's when the law comes in and says, wait a second, now we can do something about it. Does the employer have an obligation to uh, to
1: prevent it or how does the employer meet these obligations if they do?
2: So the employer has an obligation. It's not a general kind of uh, hypothetical obligation it is a, a real direct obligation to to number one to try to protect employees from harassment and when harassment exists, to, to try to eradicate it uh so employers have to uh investigate and have to take measures to, to do that now it starts with an investigating the uh, the harassment and if harassment is established they have to do everything and anything in their power to make it stop to make it go away go away and to prevent it from happening again That means starting with good policies, having good policies in place, dealing with what's considered acceptable behavior, what's not considered acceptable behavior by law. By law, employers have to have these anti-harassment and also anti-violence policies in the workplace. They have to inform people of these policies, train people on these policies. Having a policy that no one knows about, no one cares about, that sits in a drawer is useless. So you need to have that good policy then you have to follow that policy. Uh, An employer would have to, uh, if if harassment is there, take measures to fix it. That may mean uh, uh, giving training as to appropriate conduct. That may mean disciplining someone, separating people that can't work together, even potentially firing someone that's guilty of workplace harassment. So bottom line, it's a very serious and extensive obligation on employers to deal with workplace harassment. It cannot be ignored. If they do, there's going to be significant legal consequences.
1: Number to reach out by the way, anytime one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Talking about workplace harassment, how to handle it. So we'll flip it over to the uh, employee side. What should individuals do if they are subject to workplace harassment?
2: So employees that are uh, guilty of or not guilty, that are victims, I should say. I'm sorry, of workplace yep. harassment, uh, and, and you know they're subject to this unwelcome behavior. Uh, should and, and need to give the employer the opportunity to fix that problem. They have to advise the employer. Uh, and, and as I said, employers have obligations to fix it, but they, in some situations, certainly in bigger workplaces, they may not know that workplace harassment is taking place right under their nose. So an employee should always advise the employer. That may mean potentially filing a harassment complaint. And oftentimes employers have a uh, a form that needs to be filled out. If there isn't a form, then they would simply go and speak to someone in a position of authority, maybe the HR manager, maybe the owner, uh, the boss, whoever is the appropriate person in that workplace, and let them know, uh, specifically what's happening, the date, and all the information, and give the employer the opportunity to verify it, to investigate it, and then to take measures to fix it. So you can't ignore it. You can't uh, certainly take matters into your own hand to become some sort of a vigilante, of course. You mm-hmm. have to give the employer the opportunity to fix that. Sometimes, as, as I said, that means filing a formal harassment complaint.
1: And like everything else in this uh, employment arena or in life, for that matter, document, 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 have written documentation of everything,
2: right? Always, always, always. You know, when you're a a victim of workplace harassment, you should assume that the person that's harassing you is not going to acknowledge it. They're not going to put up their hands and say, yes, oh gosh, my bad, I did it. So you have to document things. Uh, You know, in some cases you can record. Things, other cases, create a a journal or a log where you outline what happened, send an email confirming what happened, create that written record. If you do, it's going to give you so much more credibility and make it easier for the company to resolve the problem.
1: You know, in some situations, it's not an option to file a complaint or maybe the employer tried to
2: do it, but nothing was done. Uh, What do you do then? You're going to feel like you're at a loss. You're right. And that's where the frustrations often really happen, where the employee tries to speak, to do exactly what I said. They speak to the employer, they file that complaint, and nothing happens. The employer either doesn't do anything about it or kind of drops the ball on it. Or in some situations, the employee may feel that there's no one they can talk to. Maybe it's the owner of the company that's harassing them. Right. Who are they going to talk to if it's the owner of the company? So in situations where the owner of the, or, or where you've you can't resolve it internally, or or you try to resolve it internally, and it hadn't uh, and it hasn't happened. Well, then we have to deal with it externally. At that point, we have to think about the law, uh, po- the possibilities that the law provides. For example, to treat the situation as a constructive dismissal, yeah. uh, if you're being harassed, if there's the poison work environment, and your employer hasn't fixed it, or or they're, they're, it's impossible to even ask them to fix it, you don't have to take it. You don't have to accept it. You could potentially leave with compensation. In some situations, that could be a human rights violation. If you're being harassed, for example, sexual harassment, or maybe you're harassed because of your religion or your disability, again, that could be a human rights violation. So in situations when you cannot resolve it internally, reach out to me, call me and I can help you at that point, resolve it externally, use the law, use the the benefits and the protections that the law provides. So try to resolve it internally. If you can't reach out to me and it's time to get the law involved.
1: Very simple. It's one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to a more of this workplace harassment and how to handle it. Some of your emails as well. Lots more on the show. Stick around. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show right here.
1: You want to get a hold of the crew, Lior and Company, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're talking about workplace harassment and how to handle it. So I, I know this is pretty common. You get this this scenario all the time when people call, in. that is they're concerned that by complaining about the harassment, they're going to be punished or reprimanded by their
2: employer. Is that a legitimate fear? It is a, is a real fear, and usually it's probably the main reason right. why someone may decide not to do something about it. They're they're afraid of the consequences. Am I going to be penalized? Is it going to make things worse? So let's be very clear about this. Uh, that's an understandable fear. It really is, but that's, you know, the law understands that this is a real issue. And because of that, the law prevents that or or makes that illegal to punish you in any way for uh, raising harassment allegations. An employer cannot penalize you in any way, make your life more difficult, fire you, discipline you, do anything to you because you're filing a harassment complaint. They cannot. We call that a reprisal. It's a breach of at least two statutes. It's illegal. It could be a human rights violation. It could be a constructive dismissal. You name it. It is. It's illegal. Now, importantly, it is illegal even if, even if your harassment complaints ultimately cannot be justified or verified. What? Okay. Even if the conclusion becomes, no, no, this wasn't harassment. I'm, I'm saying this hypothetically. If you're complaining about harassment, it probably is harassment. But even if it wasn't, the fact that you raised that means you cannot be punished. So you should always have that confidence of knowing that you're protected. If you deal with your employer, if you go to them and say, I, I have a workplace harassment issue, Bob is harassing me, please deal with it. They Number one, they have to deal with it. They have to and they cannot punish you for bringing this up. If they do, if they do something as dumb as to try to punish you in any way, yeah, you reach out to me and I'll make sure that uh, uh, that's something, that a mistake that they won't repeat. Okay? So no, you cannot be punished in any way. Uh, you have that protection. You cannot be uh, made uh, worse because of the fact that you complained about workplace harassment.
1: Well, let's use your uh, your Bob scenario. Then I'm the employer, and Bob's come up to me one day and made uh, he's enlightened me about this harassment. First thing I do as an employer now, what how do I react to
2: it? So the way you you deal with this, if you're an employer and someone comes to you and complains about harassment, is you take down all the information. You have to conduct an investigation. Now, investigation is not, doesn't mean that you you know you, you you see what the person complaining has to say and you decide whether that makes sense or not. That's not an investigation. An investigation means that you have to get in there and, and find out from, from you know people what happened, what they've seen, what they've known, ask questions, figure out from the person complaining, is there anyone else that may have information? If there is, you have to ask them and you have to keep a fine balance between investigating yet keeping things confidential. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do, which is why a lot of employers decide not to do the investigation themselves and to bring an outside investigator to do it. I actually highly recommend that, uh, because investigators that do this for a living, they know exactly what to do. They don't know how to, they know how to protect information. They know the questions to ask and who to ask them of. So in, in that situation, uh, workplace investigation has to happen. And once that investigation happens, then the appropriate remedy has to be established once you have the results. And that, you know it's not a one-size-fits-all. Every situation is going to require something different. Bottom line is an employer has to take it seriously. Even if they don't think it's likely to be true, it does not matter. They have to take it seriously, conduct a proper investigation, either directly themselves or bring someone in, and then take measures to fix that problem and make sure you have good policies in place. If you don't, that's always a good starting point.
1: So and now I'm thinking as an employer, you know what, it would be a lot simpler if I, if I did get some advice and some help on this. So I call you to get you And How do you deal with it? How do you start off helping someone in that case?
2: Well, in many situations, I may help the employee in that initial contact with HR in terms of what to say, who to say it to, uh, what to put in writing, what not to put in writing. Uh, So I may help them in, in the process of trying to resolve it internally. Again, that's always the priority if possible. Let's see if we can make the problem go away. And, but oftentimes employees are concerned about how do I speak to HR? You know, who do I speak to? What do I say? So I, I can I can help with that, provide that guidance. I can even draft something in the employee's name to go to HR to deal with the harassment. In most situations, when if that doesn't work, then ultimately my role becomes to help the person get or to help get that person out of there. If we've tried to resolve it with HR, we try to resolve the harassment and it's still going on. HR doesn't know what the heck it's doing uh then in that situation i i get the person out of there i get them the compensation that they're owed i try to make it as as painless as possible uh you know hopefully they can move on to a better job a job where there's no harassment but they should still get their compensation that's where i come in that's my job and honestly john these types of cases can can be resolved fairly quickly they're not difficult to resolve uh call me let's talk about it if you're ever a victim of workplace harassment
1: just before we uh, take a break, here give me some details on the pocket employment lawyer. We've talked about it a couple times, uh, but now time to go into some detail.
2: Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I, I observe that many people that uh, contact me are, are hesitant to do that, and sometimes they've been, they've been pushed to do it because you know sometimes people don't want to call a lawyer; they don't want to contact a lawyer. Right. So I thought, how do I make it as easy as possible for people to have their questions answered to determine if they have legal rights? Uh, you know, I can sit here and say, call me, call me, call me, but some people just don't want to do that. So I created pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can go there right now. It's completely free. And, and what it does is it helps you assess your entitlements. It helps you assess whether you've been constructively dismissed, whether you were properly let go for cause. Uh, it helps you determine whether you, human rights have been violated, whether you're an employee. Or an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. You simply answer some questions. It's going to take you through a few questions, and then it's going to tell you: Yes, you are an employer contractor. Yes, yes, it is cause or it's not cause. Yes, it's a constructive dismissal. No, it's not. Uh, you know, it deals with insurance issues. It does a lot of things. It does almost as much as I do. Uh, so go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Check it out. Free, anonymous. It revolutionized the way that uh, legal advice is is provided. Check it out always and tell others about it. Okay, If anyone is struggling with a workplace issue, why not just send them to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to get their information in 60 seconds.
1: All right, ridiculous for cause terminations. We'll cover some of those, your emails as well. you want to reach out, one 855 821 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: The Employment Law Show, welcome to it. If you're just joining us talking about your workplace rights and your job and your severance and everything to do with where you spend a great deal of your time if not most of your day and that is at work. I want to talk about for cause terminations and uh, first, can you clarify for cause and not for cause and we'll move on to this list because some of these are just <laughs> beauties.
2: So uh, a for cause termination is a termination that's uh, reserved for the worst offenders. It's, it's a termination that can only legally happen if an employee did something so bad that now they can just cannot be employed. They, they, they've done something so bad. This relationship has been destroyed. They, they've stolen. They've hit someone. They committed fraud, what have you, and it's that bad. Now, in many cases, which is exactly what we're going to be talking about, an employer pulls the trigger or tries to terminate for cause before it should, before whatever it is that the employee did is not bad, in, uh, bad enough to be cause. The other type of termination, of course, is a termination without cause, which really means that the employer has to pay severance. So either, it's either a termination for cause because the employee did something so bad that now they don't get severance, or it's a termination without cause, which is pretty much everything else, and it means that the employee has to now get paid their severance. And uh, over the years, John, doing this a long time, I've come across some really just silly, ridiculous efforts by employers to, to say something is caused when it really wasn't. So we're going to talk about a few of those now.
1: Yeah, this first one, I mean, it obviously pertains to somebody that's in the sales field, and that is the employer changes performance targets and then fires the employee for bad performance.
2: And this was a case I had a number of years ago, absolutely ridiculous. And this all happened in a span of about 60 days. So this employee, yeah, you're right, he was in the sales role, he was doing a good job uh, and, and hitting good numbers for uh, four or five years, so not, not a short period of time. Well, end of the year, employer says, well, next year, we're changing those targets. And, and Change them by about 60%. Huge change. And fast forward, 60 days later, so oh, you, you're not meeting the targets, you're not even close. You're let go for cause. For cause. In other words, you're such a bad employee because you can't meet these targets that we've just inflated. What a silly, <laughs> silly, silly thing to do. Of course, it wasn't cause. You, you you, can't say tell someone, now you have to work 25 hours a day. Oh, you're only working 24? That's cause that's really what this was. It's silly. It's ridiculous. For the company to let this person go for cause, for performance, quote unquote, they would almost have to show that this person, the salesperson was going out of his way right. to do a bad job. He was slacking off on purpose. He wasn't showing up to work. And and they would have had to show that they have warned him. They tried to fix the problem and they still couldn't. None of, none of that happened here. They changed the targets. Those targets were completely unattainable they fired him because of that and fine they want to let him go they can they would have had to pay him severance they try to allege cause john that did not work very well for the company another one of the
1: uh, ridiculous four cause terminations this one's a beauty as well an employee did not provide a medical update from their doctor okay the very same day they were asked to provide one Settle the down. very
2: same day yeah. uh, so literally that that Morning. Uh, employee was off for, for uh, on sick days for for a number of days. Yeah. The, the morning they got an email from the employer said, "You have to provide us a, a doctor's note by the end of the day today. By the end of the day today. <laughs> How, when's the last time you try to see your doctor on the same day that you called them? Okay. Good luck with that. Not gonna happen. And yes, sure enough, this person couldn't see their doctor. Did not provide that information <laughs> the same day. Uh, Fast forward 24 hours later, the next morning, they get a a registered letter at home or a courier saying, you're let go for cause. We told you you have to be providing us with a letter. You didn't. Therefore, we consider you to be on an unauthorized absence, unacceptable. You're You're let go for cause. Silly. Ridiculous. It is appropriate for an employer to ask for a doctor's note, but they have to give the employee an opportunity to get it. Uh, it's It's not a situation where the employee can just you know press a button and voila, magically that doctor's note appears. It doesn't work that way. So the employer has to be reasonable. and by the way, even if the employer was reasonable and the employee still didn't provide the note, they would have had to follow up and give them another opportunity. They right. can't just fire someone for cause. So this was a silly situation. It was clear that what the company was doing here is just looking for an excuse to let this person go. Ridiculous, illegal. And, John, this company ended up paying a hefty, hefty bill afterwards.
1: You bet. Ridiculous for cause terminations. That's what we're talking about here. We'll take a short break into a few more of these and then write into the emails. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the number to reach out when the show's not on, get a hold of the team. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show. If you want to get a hold of Lior and the guys and the ladies and the whole team at the firm, good move, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. well. We'll touch on that before we uh, before we leave for the uh, for the day. But we're talking about ridiculous for cause terminations. This next one, and I remember this, we, we, we talked about this a couple years ago. In fact, it might have been a phone call. And the employee missed a work shift because of their flight home was canceled. So
2: out you go. Yes. So this was a, a cook or a chef or something like that yep. at, at a restaurant. And he had been on a vacation somewhere uh, in, in the Caribbean, as I recall. And, uh, yeah, it sometimes happened. The flight got canceled. Uh, and he didn't, uh, show up to work. The next day he comes in saying, sorry, my, my, uh, my flight got canceled. So I, I <laughs> wasn't here yesterday. No, no, doesn't matter. You let go for cause. It's your problem, right? You had to be here. Your job right. is to get to work reason, I don't care what it is. That's, that's what the company says. You didn't show up when you're supposed to. You caused us a problem. You let go for cause. Well, John, again, doesn't work that way. Listen, I'm a big believer that an employee has to be at work when they're supposed to be. Okay. It's it's pretty basic, but there are situations that are up outside the, the control of the employee. Mm-hmm. In some situations, it's just not possible. So, What did did they want this person to do, to walk from the Caribbean, maybe to hitchhike it, maybe swim over? I mean, obviously, that couldn't have happened. So because of that, the employee actually didn't do anything wrong. It was just not possible to get to work. So because it's not misconduct, they cannot be let go for cause, not even close. So when you're doing something that ultimately may be wrong, but it, it wasn't your fault, it couldn't be helped, it was because of something that was out of your control... That cannot be used as grounds for discipline. It can never be used as grounds for discipline. And in this situation, of course, that wasn't caused. And again, this person got their full severance and then some.
1: We're talking about ridiculous for cause terminations. The next one on our list that we'll talk about is uh, employee did not pass a
2: test. Oh, God, I would have been fired from every job by now. (laughs) You would be too, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, and and then this was a a true uh, scenario where I had the – uh, a while ago, and I remember having some fun with it with the company so the the company had decided that uh you know they want everyone that that held a specific role right. to to have some sort of a designation and to get that des- designation, you had to have a test fair mm-hmm. enough, so they had this person write a test and and she couldn't pass it and she, they had to write it a second time, and she couldn't pass it okay and once you know it after the second time she didn't pass it, she gets a letter. We're letting you go for cause. In other words, what the company is saying here is that you not passing a test is a form of misconduct that's so bad, Mm -hmm. so bad that we can let you go for cause. Silly, ridiculous. Number one, there's an issue whether they could have even asked her to to write this test, but whatever, let's put that aside. She tried to write the test. She couldn't pass it. That's not misconduct. Again, it goes to, to the point that you actually have to do something wrong. It doesn't matter if something happens that makes your employer unhappy. That's not cause. That's not misconduct. You actually would have had to do something wrong, something deliberate, something that that you shouldn't be doing. So so what is the behavior that they're trying to correct here next time pass it I mean like it's not like she could help it or was doing it on purpose so it wasn't cause it was a silly 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 allegation I remember meeting and speaking with this employer and uh having some fun with it and of course she got everything that she was owed and I bet you that particular employer John never did that again
1: Yeah no kidding we're talking about some ridiculous for cause terminations the employee did not disclose on time that she was pregnant ooh,
2: ooh, ooh, easy Easy. Easy, and easy really, on this one, guys. Exactly. And that was my reaction when I heard about this. Like, really? This employer did what? So, she, you know, oftentimes employees would tell their employer after the uh, end of the first trimester that they're pregnant, that they're going to be right. taking a, a parental leave. Fair enough. That's their right. They don't have to. Well, this person didn't do that. She waited much longer than that. She waited uh, to past halfway through the pregnancy. You know, five months, even six months. Uh, and and uh, she was one of the lucky ones, I guess, in the sense that uh, uh, she could, she wasn't really showing that much. Uh, and because of that, the employer didn't know that she was pregnant. And she told him, "I'm going to be off in you know three and a half or four months, whatever it is." The employer was very upset. You're not giving us enough time to plan for it. Why didn't you tell us three months ago? Uh, and because of that, you put us in a difficult situation. We're so upset, we're letting you go for cause. Holy cow, settle down there. Okay? No, you cannot do that. Number one, an employee has the right to tell their employer pretty much whenever they want about their pregnancy, uh, about them taking a maternity leave, like right off the bat. But come on, to, to actually think that that is appropriate... This would have been bad even if they let her go without cause. Right. Because you, sh- you should never let someone go because they're pregnant or when they tell you they're pregnant. But to try to let her go f- for cause, are we serious? That's what happened. And this employer ended up paying probably three times more than what they should have otherwise paid because of how bad they acted. So what's the, what's the rule? What do we do with mama, John? Don't mess with mama. That's it. That's the rule. This company messed with mama and they had to pay. You know,
1: and we've often talked about this is, you know, it might not be a nice thing to give your employer a week before you go off. That's just nasty. But legally, you can't. I mean, it kind of sucks for employers. I get that. It's just not
2: cool to do it if you're
1: an expecting parent,
2: right? It it, it is not. And I would never advise someone to do that. But can you? Yes, you yeah. can. And can the employer do something about it? No, they cannot. So, uh, and by the way, this is not even a situation where you give them a week's notice. You give them a few months' notice, right. just not as much as they wanted. Yeah. Come on, uh, I, I, I really, you know. And this didn't happen twenty years ago. This happened a couple of years ago. So silly, an employer should have known better. Uh, they didn't, but now they do, John.
1: We'll get to one more of these, and that is ridiculous, four cause terminations, and we'll move on to your emails. That uh, email address, by the way, you want to send some in. you still got some time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The phone number uh, as well, one 821 5900 It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Employment Law Show right here. Reach out. The number is 1-855-821-5900. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you haven't checked that out, do so. We'll talk about it just before we, uh, we wrap for the day. And uh, the phone number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again. Ridiculous for cause terminations. We save this one for the end, and that is this. The employee would not attend after-hours events with the boss and co-workers due to family commitments. How dare
2: you? How dare you? And, and the reality is I'm not even sure if it was for family commitments. That's what I was told. It's possible that he just didn't like uh you know those to hang out with those people yeah. but here's the thing the employer said well you 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 never come to these events and you know we we use them as team building you're clearly not a team player you don't want to be part of this team so we're letting you go for cause for cause <laughs> holy cow so it's like saying uh, you know we're going to give you the death penalty because you were uh, driving 20 kilometers over the speed limit, death right. penalty to you. Nonsense. Of course it doesn't happen. It's it's silly. Uh, he didn't have to, this particular employee, attend off-work events. Again, these are events that happen off-work. They, they'd go uh, to a restaurant, they'd go to a bar, uh, they'd go play golf, whatever it was. No, he didn't do it. For whatever, whether it was family reasons or other reasons, he didn't have to. He wasn't getting paid for that time. It wasn't part of his job. So clearly, he cannot be disciplined. And it's important to remember that, generally speaking, your workplace uh, conduct that happens—sorry, your conduct that happens outside of the workplace, at home, uh, after uh, after hours—is not something that you can be disciplined for. Certainly not terminated for cause, unless it's yeah. it's really extreme. So this person was let go for cause. Of course, that wasn't cause. Uh, silly, silly allegation. And that one, John, I think resolved within like a week and a half because it was that ridiculous, uh, that position that they've taken.
1: I bet. The email address, by the way, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Daryl, you're, uh, you're up first. He says, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 12 weeks severance after four and a half years with my company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer, the company will refuse to pay me the 12 weeks. Do I accept the offer?
2: Well, and, you know, many of our listeners that are new listeners may think, well, wait a second, he was provided almost, you know, three weeks per year. Why did you just accept it? That's a fabulous deal, right? Mm. Right? Wrong. It's not a fabulous deal. It's not even close. And the whole idea that the employer offers you less, and by the way, if you hire a lawyer, you're not even going to get that, that's ridiculous. That's silly. Your employer should only concern itself with, with what it has to pay. If it has to pay you something, it has to pay you something, whether you hire a lawyer, whether you don't hire a lawyer. Now, 12, 12 weeks after four and a half years of service is not good. This person, depending on their uh, their age and position, could easily get six months' pay, potentially more than that. So they, they've been offered less than half of what they're owed. Uh, and I've seen this happen before. There's an implied threat. Hey, if you push us, employee, we're not even going to give you this nonsense the law decides what you're owed the employer doesn't decide the employer doesn't decide to say you should only get this or we're not going to pay you this if you do something mm-hmm. no if the law says you should have 6 months pay you're going to get 6 months pay that the, the company doesn't make that decision don't fall for that tactic it's a bullying tactic whether it's a deadline whether it's telling you don't look don't speak to a lawyer go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca call me do the right thing don't accept less than what you're owed we're
1: going through some emails here over the last few minutes of the show. Jordan's email up next, and Jordan writes in says, My wife and I work at the same place. I was let go for cause because of something that my wife did that had nothing to do with me. Is this legal?
2: Well, you know what? We should add that to the, uh, to the list of ridiculous cause allegations. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, again, I obviously don't have any particulars here beyond what you just read, but if it's true that he didn't do anything, it's his wife that did something, Well, of course he cannot be let go for cause. Now, I can understand the company saying, well, we let your wife go, it's going to make it uncomfortable, so we're going to let you go as well. But that's a without cause termination. You would have to pay him severance. You can't fire someone for cause for misconduct that someone else committed. So number one, the question is, is whatever the wife did bad enough to be cause? And by the way, you should contact me about that because it's quite possible that his wife was let go supposedly for cause when there really isn't cause. That's number one. But number two, uh, of course, as far as he's concerned, no, that would be inappropriate to let him go because of something his wife or anyone else did. That is a wrongful dismissal. He should call me as soon as possible, and I'll help him.
1: Yeah, Guilty by association doesn't go off very well in the workplace, does it?
2: It doesn't go off work anywhere, and certainly not in the workplace. You would have had to commit a serious offense in order for you to be let go for cause.
1: Okay, Matthew, you're up next with your email again. Help at employmentlawyer.ca if you want to send one along as well. Matthew says, I was let go last week and offered a severance package. My employer, uh, employer. employers say that until I accept, he won't pay me commissions owing to me for the deals that I closed. I don't want to accept the severance offer, but I can't afford to live uh, if I don't get those commissions. What can I do?
2: What a what a underhanded way of doing things. We owe you money money that you've earned, but when are not going to pay it to you unless you sign off on probably what is a, a crappy severance offer. Uh, no, well, th- that's actually illegal. In fact, just by using that type of a pressure tactic, by trying to withhold money that's owing to you, that could lead to what we call bad faith damages. They could owe you additional compensation. So what I would say is I know you need that money, but give me an opportunity to fix this. It's not gonna take long, it could take a few days. I could get them to pay you the commission right away, and then we can negotiate your severance. So, so don't fall for that. Don't accept that severance package because of that pressure t- tactic, because if you do, even though they're putting this terrible pressure on you, it may be too late to get out of it. Don't let that happen to you. Call me. Give me the opportunity to make that right and get you what you're owed.
1: Last minute to go. Tell me about the pocket employment lawyer.
2: I want to talk about it. I will continue talking about it because I, you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of being able yep. to provide this information to people that that need it. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out about your your severance, but to also find out if you've been constructively dismissed, if you've been discriminated against, if you're an employer, an independent contractor, uh, if there's cause to let you go, uh, if the insurance company was right to cut you off from your disability benefits, and and more. So check that out. It's like having an employment lawyer with you all the time. Grab your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Remember, it's free, easy to use, so there's no excuse. Good way
1: to wrap it up for today. You want to reach out now that we're done? The phone number, 1 855 821 5900. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, which we just spoke about, and emails anytime. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Till next time, the Employment Law Show. This is
0: Global News Radio. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.